Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Mondays with Mai, your new go-to mental health, wellness, and lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Maya. On this podcast, we talk about topics including, but definitely not limited to, different mental health disorders, boundaries, the self-care industry, and popular wellness and lifestyle trends circling the internet. So, if you're looking for a podcast that hits on all of these topics and so much more, then congratulations, you found it. I hope you enjoy this episode and that you're taking care of you, whatever that may look like. Hello, welcome or welcome back to another episode of Mondays with my, your favorite mental health, wellness, and lifestyle podcast. This episode is brought to you from my hotel room in New York City. I'm here on a little work trip. It's just like one overnight, but it's a nice change of pace, I suppose. So this week's episode is going to be all about giving ourselves a software update, aka like resetting our mindsets, our homes, our calendars, just whatever like resets and maybe behavioral mindset shifts, things like that, are that can help us kind of get to a better place. So building off of the last episode that came out two weeks ago, which was about how to kind of make sense of things and prioritize your mental health during challenging times, because there's a lot happening in the world right now. I wanted to continue talking about that, but like not as in-depth, I guess, as the last episode and focusing more so on like practical and tangible tips. Things that I find helpful when I'm trying to kind of just like reset my life. So before we get into that, life update. Like I said, I'm in New York for a work trip. I also just recorded an episode with a friend. So it'll be my first episode with a guest and that'll come out probably it'll probably be the next one after this um but that was fun to record with her then my sister had a little halloween party at her place it was just like a karaoke party it was very small which was fun and it was like a nice mental break that's it really i don't think i have any other life updates i'm really i feel like i i'm so boring getting out there putting yourself out there is hard these days so my life updates are usually just kind of not as exciting (laughs) as one would expect or hope but that's okay um so with that let's get into the episode So as we all know, there's a lot going on. There always is, but I think being on social media and having a lot more access to information and being able to consume information at any point in the day amplified people's awareness of things. And on one hand, that is good because we should be aware of what's happening in the world around us because it's all connected the things that are happening in congo for example have connections direct connections to us here in the u.s and people all over the world the displacement and genocide of congolese people is being done in order to mine colton which is used for our devices and when you look at palestine regardless of where you stand on that, you can't deny the fact that our tax dollars as are funding the Israeli military. That's a proven fact. And regardless of your personal beliefs or your political beliefs, you cannot ignore that. You cannot try to debunk that. So the things that are happening around the world have direct impacts on everyone even if you're not in those countries, even if you are hours and hours away, there are oceans between you, there are connections. Therefore, we are affected by that. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, it is so important to take care of yourself when you're engaging with these issues because you can and you will burn out very quickly. And if everyone burns out, 
then who's going to be doing the advocacy and the activism? I know it can feel really weird to kind of take a step back and maybe shut off Instagram, turn off the news, not consume any updates. And you might be met with people saying that you're selfish or you are leaning into your privilege and things like that. But sometimes those things need to happen. I don't know if there's a better way to articulate this. So people might disagree with this, but I truly do think that it is important and healthy to take a step back and to let your brain and your heart rest, not only so that you can build the mental and emotional strength to continue advocating for the things that you believe in and advocating on behalf of people who have had their rights or their voices taken from them, but also so that you can learn and reflect And maybe when you're not being directly engaged in something for just a moment, you can take time to read or listen to people's stories or do some light research or deep research and maybe you'll change your opinions. Maybe you'll learn something new that you previously had no idea was a thing. So taking a step back has multiple benefits. It helps you reset your mental and emotional state, but also it helps you reset or add to your positioning on things. And when I say take a step back, I mean temporary. I don't mean saying, fuck it, who cares about what's happening around the world? I'm going to go do my thing and ignore anyone and anything that is slightly uncomfortable and disengage for years. I mean, whether it's a few hours, a day, a week, taking time to reset, reflect, have a little software update, and then come back. Getting off of social media is a good way to do that. I don't remember if I mentioned this in the previous episode, but a couple of weeks ago now, I just completely deleted Instagram off my phone for a week and I still had my account, but I just was not looking at it because I was getting so overwhelmed. I was having physical reactions because like as humans, we're not meant to consume this much death and destruction and trauma. And obviously reading stuff and seeing pictures and videos is not as objectively traumatic as experiencing it firsthand living in a place where but it still affects you mentally and emotionally to consume it so one big way that i just took a pause took space for myself was to get off of social media so i deleted instagram and tiktok actually for a week and i just i wrote i journaled i was still thinking about these issues but i had time to think slower if that makes sense because i wasn't feeling that pressure to constantly be posting something to be looking for the newest updates to be seeing the newest pictures or videos that just dropped and i I, like i had space to think and to strengthen my personal beliefs and opinions on things and then when i kind of stepped back into it I felt like I could come in with an even stronger voice and I felt less pressure from people who have opposing beliefs to me to maybe be quieter or be giving constant disclaimers and caveats to avoid hurting their feelings or whatever. So that's something that I definitely recommend to people if you can, taking a step back but knowing that you're going to come back. Something that I always find really helpful is keeping up with my home. It can definitely be overwhelming at times, especially when you're in a particularly challenging period in regards to your mental health. Like I said in the previous episode from two weeks ago, I've just been really struggling with my mental health for a number of reasons. And with that, for me personally, usually that comes with struggling to keep up with my space because it's just like so draining like it takes all of the very little energy I have in that moment but then it's like this cycle because then solve any issues or make them go away but it's like a healthy distraction I feel like because I'm channeling my emotions into 
in action that is going to benefit me in the very near future because when I have a clean space then I feel calmer inside so I'm like taking whatever like jittery saddening angering whatever like energy I'm feeling related to my mental health and like directing that into like cleaning and then when I'm done my little cleaning spree I look around and I'm like okay I actually feel calmer because I let out that energy through physical movement and because my space now feels like more welcoming and more relaxing. I actually did a little cleaning session this morning before I got on the train to New York so I woke up and I I always try to like when I go somewhere try to like reset my space before I leave that's one of the best things for me mentally this morning I woke up I like changed my sheets vacuumed everything wiped down the counters and the stove took all the trash and recycling cleaned out my trash can did some dishes cleaned the bathroom switched out like to fresh towels so when I come home I'll have fresh sheets fresh towels fresh pjs I can just like take a hot shower get cozy and go to bed and I feel like doing that like reset of my physical space really helps me mentally in general but especially when I'm like coming home from somewhere so I'm only out of town for one night but when I get home tomorrow I already know it's gonna feel so good to just walk into my apartment and see how clean it is and have like nothing to worry about as soon as I get in from like a long day of like a full meeting and then several hours on the train like I won't have to worry about like oh now the trash can's overflowing I gotta take it out or oh now I have to wash the dishes like I can just go home and relax it's so easy to forget how much our physical environment impacts us particularly when it comes to like organization and clutter visually if you see a lot of things i feel like it kind of maybe not everyone is like as susceptible to it as like me for example or maybe there are people who are even more susceptible to being like impacted by this than i am it ranges but i feel like in general seeing the things that you're feeling like the environment that you're in impacts you whether you're aware of it or not and for me i feel like i'm very visual so when i see a lot of clutter and i see a lot of like things happening i start to feel kind of like agitated and overwhelmed inside so i'm thinking about it now i'm like (laughs) the floors are clean the couch is perfectly like set up i fluffed the pillows and folded my throw blanket i've put away all my clean laundry my dryer doesn't really work so i hang everything and it's like it's nice because it cuts down my electricity bill (laughs) but then i almost always have like my clothing rack propped up in the kitchen with clothes on it and I try not to look at it because it's like to the side of my desk so if I look out my peripherals or turn my head to the right I see it and it truly is stressful like just seeing things laid out and even though they're there for a reason it's not like just pointless clutter it is stressful so I put all of that away like hung everything up folded everything put the clothing rack away so I don't see it and so I'm just I already know when I get home tomorrow it's gonna be so nice to come into a tidy space and that is something that really just like resets my mood another thing if you have plants maybe like rearranging them a little bit i try not to rearrange my plants too much just because usually like once they're in a spot where they're growing really well i try to leave them there it can be nice sometimes to kind of move things around maybe like bring an extra plant into a different room most of my plants are out in like my main space like living room kitchen i only have two in my bedroom but adding another one i used to only have one in there and i recently added another well not recently it was like four months ago (laughs) but i added another and it really did add like a sense of life i guess it just made the room feel refreshed and made it feel just a little bit cozier i guess and it was like something new but not new because i just took it from a different part of my apartment and i think that can be said for beyond plants you know just moving things around in your apartment or your home or wherever you're living that can be a way to kind of 
freshen things up and I guess trick yourself into thinking like you're in a new space or I don't know it's just it's like a subtle change of scenery another thing that I feel like is a great way to kind of just reset yourself is to go through your closet going through your wardrobe and just preparing for whatever season is ahead so for me putting away my summer clothes and taking out my winter clothes it was a quick little task for me because I don't really have a ton of seasonal clothes I kind of just wear the same stuff all year round with the exception of like sweaters and shorts but it was nice because then it was almost like I went shopping like I clothes that I hadn't worn in so long I haven't worn sweaters since like I don't know March and then it's been six months and I finally pulled them out again and like rearranging my closet and I color code everything so it was nice to like add in other colors that maybe weren't aren't previously in there and just move things around and yeah just get organized honestly getting organized in any kind of way it really is something that's so helpful there's some sort of psychology behind organization definitely does ease anxieties especially because anxiety tends to be kind of rooted in or connected to like control or uncertainty so i feel like organizing helps kind of address that in maybe more mundane ways it's like if you're organizing your space then you have a sense of control over something or that sense of certainty i suppose Another area of life that I think it's important to reset or refresh, update, whatever you want to call it, every now and then is your relationships. I'm going to talk specifically about friendships because I'm not in a romantic relationship, but this is an area for me that I'm currently reevaluating, not necessarily for the purpose of ending or changing friendships but to strengthen them. So I'm spending a lot of time reflecting on the types of friendships I have, how deep they are, whether or not, oh, that came out weird, whether or not I feel like I can be my true authentic self, whether I feel I'm showing up as a good friend for them or I'm being a support system for them. Also, how... I can let people in and let them show up for me. And then also just the ways that we spend time together. Is it usually something that's more surface level or action based or activity based? Or is it something that's maybe a little bit deeper and involves like spending more quality time together? And just what are the different ways that I participate in my friendships and I think the friends I have now are really amazing people and I truly love them and I think they're people that are going to be in my life for the rest of my life and so I'm not necessarily looking to end any of those but I do think there are ways that we can kind of switch things up. I am going to talk about this in a future episode, but one of the things that I'm currently changing in my life is my alcohol consumption. I don't really drink that frequently anymore, and I haven't for a while. I drank on Halloween, and then before that it was like, I don't know, like a friend's birthday, like in the beginning of October. So I just, I really don't consume alcohol that frequently um, and haven't really within the past year. But I want to decrease that even more. And that's something that I feel that I can easily do. But sometimes I do have moments where a friend's like, hey, let's go grab drinks. And I kind of question like, all right, maybe I'll just go because I don't want to suggest something else that they might not want to do. And then we end up we won't end up hanging out because we want to do two separate things. Or am I being too... I guess high maintenance by not wanting to go drink and it's so silly it's not something to really feel anxious about like at all but it happens sometimes but I so I'm in this position sometimes I find myself in the in this position where I want to spend time with my friends but I also want to do things that I feel serve me and sometimes those things can be at odds when a friend is like let's go hit up a happy hour 
And I personally don't want to consume alcohol. So just reevaluating how we spend time together. Another thing is I personally have really been struggling with loneliness. I've been dealing with a lot of grief and depression and just other things that have been affecting my mental health. And I know that I have friends that will be there for me, but I have to let them be there for me. And that's something that I have really had a hard time with. I've definitely made a lot of progress over the years in terms of letting people in and opening up and not, you know, kind of keeping everything bottled up. But it still is hard because I worry a lot about how the information I share will affect the people closest to me. And it's not really an image thing. Like, it used to be an image thing for me where I was worried, like, oh, people are going to think I'm crazy. But now that is something that doesn't really bother me because I know everyone experiences mental health challenges at some point in their life and at varying degrees. But one of the things I always worry about is if my friends and family that are really close to me will feel any sort of guilt or feel like they're not doing enough for me or if they'll start to feel sad or anxious or whatever if I voice my mental health struggles and it's just such a weird place to be in because I care so much about them that I don't want to make them feel a certain way but I also know that I need to allow people to be my support system so I'm just doing a lot of like thinking about how to shift that and I don't know what that looks like right now but that's definitely a reset or an update that I need to make um, updating how I share my mental health and how I like open up because while my friends are there for me and I do spend time with them I'm still feeling lonely because in part I am not letting people get too close and I know that if I stop doing that then they will be the like most amazing supportive people ever and they currently are to the extent that they can be but by me like putting up this wall to protect my emotions or to protect their emotions which is what I think I'm doing which I don't even know like I can't speak for them but putting up this wall is almost like creating that loneliness it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy which is pretty unfortunate (laughs) it's taking time to change that but that's a much needed update and refresh in my life and I would not be surprised if other people feel similarly so some ways that I'm like practically working on that is journaling journaling a lot and identifying the things that make me feel more fulfilled that fill up my cup that make me feel safe and then sharing that with my friends also talking about mental health with people that maybe aren't so close to me but people that I know and like do feel somewhat comfortable sharing with because it's like practice I guess like it'll I feel like it'll help me get to the point where I can fully and freely share with my friends and family without worrying I don't know it's it's such a weird headspace to be in honestly but another thing that I've been doing is just being honest about where I'm at without going too deep so if a friend is like hey when I do this and I'm just really not up for it because I'm not feeling well mentally or emotionally I'll just say like I've been drained I'm feeling burnt out or I'm just really not in the right headspace to like go do this fun activity can we take a rain check so not necessarily getting into detail just yet 
but getting comfortable at least just saying I'm struggling right now because previously like a few years ago I wouldn't even say that I would just be like sure let's go and then be trying to have fun in the moment but inside like dreading being out and about um also just asking for simple things like asking for a hug I don't get a lot of hugs because I'm by myself most of the time and I don't remember I think it's something like you need like five hugs a day to like maintain wellness or I don't remember what those stats are but we need physical contact and it's sometimes hard to get that so sometimes when I'm with friends like when it's people I see regularly we don't typically hug because we see each other all the time so I'm starting to just ask like can I have a hug (laughs) like I just need a tight hug right now and that has been helpful and that it can be kind of awkward sometimes I guess but it's definitely needed and sometimes they need it too you never know like maybe my friends are listening and are thinking the same thing and also didn't know how to voice it to me so not only could you there's a helicopter I don't know if you can hear that but um but not only could you be resetting your own nervous system your own emotional state but you also could be helping do that for a friend so definitely take a deeper look at your friendships look at how you are engaging with one another think about what you need from your friendships voice that to them also ask them what they need and yeah it's just it can only be beneficial I feel like it'll just help you both feel closer more comfortable and help strengthen that relationship another thing that also helps me kind of refresh my mind and my soul is cooking I don't always have the energy to cook but when I do I really love to just experiment and try new things maybe do different spice blends you know, trying different recipes, maybe using different kinds of vegetables that I don't normally cook with. I have been a part of a CSA, which I think stands for Community Shared Agriculture or something like that, but it's essentially like where you sign up with a farmer's market or city farm or something nearby you, and you pay like a flat rate at the beginning of the season usually it's sometime in the spring, and then you essentially just go pick up your produce throughout the CSA season. So mine was from late May, and it goes to late October. And I'm pretty sure I paid like $86, and I'm on a bi-weekly schedule because I cook for one, so I don't need a ton of produce. But $86 to go get a bin of produce every other week for five months is a really good rate like you could easily spend 86 dollars getting enough produce for one for to last one for two weeks at a grocery store did that make sense that just came out of my mouth it you could easily spend 86 dollars at a grocery store getting enough produce for one person in one or two trips so to do that for the season honestly really good i love my csa and if it's something that you have access to definitely take advantage of it because not only are you getting foods that you know are good for you that don't have like those pesticides and insecticides and that are nourishing your body but also i've gotten some produce that i typically wouldn't buy Yeah, the CSA is nice because it helps me try new things, mix up my diet, add some variety, and I really enjoy thinking of different recipes or looking up different recipes and testing them out, and that is definitely a way to kind of channel some of the sad or negative energy and feelings that I have into something productive and something that will nourish me at the end. 
Another thing that I do to kind of boost my spirits, I don't do this all the time either, and this is definitely not revolutionary by any means, but moving my body, particularly doing it in ways that make me feel happy and don't feel as stressful physically and mentally. I did a 30-minute Caribbean dance cardio class online on YouTube. I searched dance workouts on YouTube and found this one. And that's 30 minutes learning some common or basic like Caribbean dance moves and putting them all together to create a routine and just 30 minutes of moving and dancing and listening to good music and having fun. And the people teaching the class are so much fun because they're from the Caribbean and they're professional dancers. And so they just really hype you up. And for me, I have a hard time doing cardio, but this was something that like I was working out, I was moving, I was out of breath and like drenched in sweat, but it was, it felt like more of a fun activity than it did a workout. And that definitely gave me energy to get through the rest of my day and, you know, making me feel better physically. Like my muscles are less tight, I'm less tense and things like that. So that is definitely a good way to give yourself a little software update. So I have a series of little books with prompts, activities, ideas, suggestions, things like that to help boost your spirit and your mindset and just your overall health, mental, physical, emotional health. These books are on mindfulness and then some of them are journals. So I just want to talk a little bit about like what they are, how to use them, some of them that are have more like prompts and suggestions and stuff. I'll read those. But getting started, the first book I have is called Dawn and Dusk. And I don't remember where I got this, honestly. I think I might have picked it up at just like some random little boutique shop somewhere. I don't know if there's any where else you could get it. I'm sure there are places, but it is a very cute book. I'll post pictures on Instagram whenever this episode goes out. And it essentially is just like a little journal and it is like an orangey teal blue gradient. And it has what looks like a sun on the front, like a metallic orange circle. And then on the back, a metallic blue one to look like the moon. And it is essentially just a journal to write thoughts in. And so there's no like prompts or anything. It's just a ton of blank pages that like one spread is on the left hand side. It says dawn and begin the day. And then it has Sunday through Saturday. And then on the other side, it says end the day, Sunday through Saturday week up and that's the dusk side so basically it's just each spread is just two pages and there's space for you to write a couple of lines about that day it could be what you're thinking what you're feeling something that happened something you're grateful for whatever you want it's essentially just to kind of get you in the habit of practicing mindfulness gratitude getting in touch with your emotions your inner thoughts and you do it every day at dawn and at dusk. And I have not used this book consistently, honestly. A part of the reason is because it's been sitting on my windowsill for so long. And I honestly, like, I just don't look at it often enough. So it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. But I do, I need to bring this into my bedroom now so I can write in it every morning and every evening. And I think that'll be a really quick, easy, and practical way to kind of boost my spirits because it really would only take like two seconds. There's like two lines per day. So I definitely recommend this book. Again, it's called Dawn and Dusk, and it's just a simple little journal. Like I said, I'll post it on Instagram, and hopefully you all can find something similar to this. The next book I have, I actually got as a 
gift a few years ago and it's called 642 tiny things to draw and it's just filled with a ton of prompts that encourage you to draw random stuff it's a tiny little yellow book and it just has a series of knickknacks on the cover and i don't know where this is from because like i said i got it from i got it as a gift for my birthday mm, i don't know how many years ago maybe like five or six years ago or something but i'm sure you could find it online or uh, something very similar and each page just has like a random prompt or title and you draw what comes to mind with it. So I'm just going to flip through and read some of them. So a mouse on a motorcycle. Watch gears. The last ray of sunlight. A birthday candle, a pomegranate seed, a spoonful of alphabet alphabet soup, tweezers, a price tag, a toothpaste cap, the narrowest part of an hourglass, a musical note. An engineer on a model train, a ring box, a firefly at dusk, a chihuahua puppy, a slight tremor. I wonder how you would draw that. An ornament, a driver's license photo, a snow globe from Paris. A number written on a matchbook, hound's tooth, the core of a crab apple, a coin slot, the blink of an eye. You get the gist. Just 642 truly random objects or ideas that you're encouraged to draw. And I like this book. I've used it a little bit. I like it because I am really into art, but you don't even have to be into art to use it. I think it's just a good distraction, especially when you are feeling maybe a little bit down, maybe you're overthinking a lot, you just kind of want to get out of your head, redirect your energy somewhere else. I feel like this is an easy way to just kind of like sit down and do that you know you focus on drawing something completely random like a band-aid or the face of a clock or whatever these bunches of prompts are and it's like a helpful distraction like it takes your mind off of whatever is going on in the background and i don't know about you, you guys but for me like it really depends so if I'm going through something that's like really, really intense, like when my grandma passed away, for example, I needed to take time to truly just like cry and feel everything. And then in the months following when I would think about it and would feel sad, but was not having a complete like emotional breakdown, that was the time when I needed things to distract myself, like something to kind of take my mind out of that loop of grief and sadness, not completely shutting off or ignoring my feelings or anything like that, but just, you know, so that I'm not spending all day, every day for months on end, just rethinking the same depressing thoughts. And having something like this book is really helpful for me personally, because it's a distraction but it's a healthy distraction i feel like it helps me cope with my feelings as well because i really like lean into the creative process as a way to i guess let out emotion not necessarily express them in terms of like well sometimes i will express them in terms of drawing or writing what i'm feeling but with this book that's not really the case because they give you prompts but i still think getting creative 
whether it's something you always do, whether it's new for you, whether you feel like you're good at it or not, I think it helps with kind of just blowing off some steam and yeah, getting your mind out of that dark place. Okay. The next book I have is called Enjoying Where I'm At, Learning to Love the Present and Live in the Moment. And it's a little gratitude journal and it's really cute. It's a little pink journal with a bunch of flowers and peacocks and stuff on it. And it is just filled with a ton of prompts about gratitude and they range from some of them include drawing some of them include like making plans and setting goals and some of them are just more reflection based and I personally have found this very helpful I've used this quite a bit over the past couple of years oh I got this in 2021 I think because the very first thing I use is dated January 2021 oh no 2020 okay I got this in the end of 2020 and I've used it quite a few times since then and I do actually find it very helpful because it is yet another way to get out of your head. It's a helpful distraction but at the same time it gives you that space to reflect as well which I think is important. I think it's important to have a mix of something to take your mind off of the negative but then also space to reflect on what you're feeling because you don't want to just sweep them under the rug because then, you know, they're not going away. They're just temporarily being ignored and eventually things will pile up and overflow. So this, I might, depending on how they are, (laughs) I might read some of my prompts if they're like super sad I will not read them just for my own like privacy and comfortability level comfort levels but okay this one is from December 2020 and the prompt is take something mundane in your life and find it and find new meaning in it wait 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 So I may read some of my responses to these prompts depending on how intense or surface level they are. If they're super intense and sad, then I won't read them just for my own privacy and comfort level. But I will read some of them just to so you can kind of get a sense of what this book is for. So here's one prompt, and I responded to this in December 2020. The prompt reads, what do you love about your life right now? What are you looking forward to today or tomorrow? How do you show your thankfulness for these things? My response, I wrote a page full. And I'm just like skimming it to make sure it's nothing crazy. Um, okay. So I said, this question is a hard one, but a good one. There's a lot about my life and myself that I don't love right now, but for the sake of this prompt and going to bed on a good note, I'll focus on the good bits. I love that I'm independent and self-sufficient. I love that I'm learning to stand up for myself and set boundaries, even with people I love, value, and trust. I love that I'm finally taking a step in the right direction and making moves to get help for my mental health struggles. I love that I'm loving my natural hair more and more and that I'm getting better at taking care of it. I love that I'm trying new things and taking chances and that I'm learn I'm leaning into my creativity and artistry. I love that I'm in my mid-20s and can't wait to turn 25 in six months. I love that I'm applying to grad school and better jobs and just all around taking initiative and reaching for more. I look forward to starting anew and towards continued growth and seeing all the things I'll accomplish. But today specifically, I look forward to sleeping tonight and I show my gratitude by naming these things, writing them down and continuing to work on myself, give myself grace and grow. Oh, 
Wait, that's so cute. <laughs> oh, wait, I... I like reading this because... Sometimes when I look back on where I was at a couple of years ago, it's just easier to remember the negatives and the positives. I was really struggling with my mental health in 2020, even prior to 2020. But towards the end of 2020, I know everyone was having challenges in some way, shape, or form, even if it wasn't mental health just because of the circumstances of the world. But looking back on that, like prior to reading this, of course, I know there were good moments, but overall it was kind of just like a, a grim time to think about. And the negative pieces just stuck out more. And I also am just very like critical and harsh towards myself. And that's something that I'm actively working on changing and in in every sense too unfortunately in terms of like the things that I do how much I do or don't achieve but also just like the way that I look and the way that I feel about how I look and things like that so it's really nice to read this and see that even in a time where I arguably was struggling more in terms of my mental health, I still was able to point out all of these different things that I love about my life and myself. And even things that are like super mundane, like going to sleep. <laughs> like, I mean, sleep is good. <laughs> I'm a napper. I'm a sleepy girl. So of course I wrote that down. Um, but even things just like looking forward towards a birthday or taking initiative more, setting boundaries, even just being open to the idea of therapy and stuff like that. Like, I'm glad to look back at this and see that I valued that stuff and that I was proud of myself even in a challenging time. Okay, so another prompt that is also from December 2020 and this was written like a week and a half after the first one that I read so it's just interesting to see how my mind has shifted but the prompt is take something mundane in your life and find in it new meaning purpose and joy now write about it so keeping on theme with being a sleepy girl I wrote waking up in the morning is the simplest, most mundane thing, yet I struggle with it every single day. It's hard to wake up every day when it feels like you're doing it for no reason, and that struggle is something I intend to work on with therapy, but I also want to try to shift my perspective on it on my own. Waking up shouldn't be seen as a challenge, but rather a fresh start or a do-over. A chance to do the things I didn't get to do the day before, to make smart choices, take chances, get creative, and just breathe. Waking up is a chance to breathe, stretch, move my body, shake away the worries, and lean into the newness. Shifting your perspective and sticking to it is a process, especially when for so long I felt this sense of dread and exhaustion every morning, but it's a process I'm committed to. I want to feel good, happy, whole, and that starts with acknowledging the issue, a willingness to set things, to see things in a new light, and a commitment to that change. And those are all steps I'm ready and willing to take. And this journal is helping me take them little by little. This one is something that I feel like is an unspoken be awake or be alive. But because it was just, it was easy to look at it as this is just the start of another day where I'm going to feel sad again or kind of ignoring those responsibilities again, out of sight, out of mind. And it's hard to get out of that space. Like it really is. And I honestly don't even know, like I can't give like tried and true ways to do that, but shifting your mindset and being committed to it is an important thing. 
I sometimes I like to go back and read like old journal entries in just like my regular journal. And there were so many times where I would write about how like shitty I felt, but in those same entries, I would say, but I want to feel differently. I want to feel this. And of course I had other coping mechanisms and other, you know, supports. Like I had a therapist and I had my art and things like that. But I think there's something about just like faking it till you make it almost like convincing yourself that things are going to change. And for me, one way I did that was like constantly writing about it. Like even if at that moment in time, I felt so shitty, I felt so depressed, I felt so anxious, whatever. And I would write all of that in my journal to like let it out. I always made a point to include, or I tried to make a point to include because I'm sure there were times where I was just like so clouded by sadness that I and grief that I probably didn't include it but to the best of my abilities I made it a point to write about like but I know that this is not forever and I know that I can and will experience better days I can feel differently I will feel differently and just writing about it and writing about it I feel like after some time I started to believe it I started to believe like I won't always be depressed because there was a time where I didn't believe that I would, people would tell me that, or I would write that. And I didn't believe it. I just felt like this is bullshit. Like, obviously I'm always going to be like deeply depressed and don't get me wrong. Like depression is still something that I experience, but after a certain amount of time, I started to believe, like truly, truly believe that things would get better. And then I think subconsciously that kind of like gave me that motivation and that strength to take step towards making things better. And also steps towards shifting my mindset and how I react and respond to things. Because of course, there's always going to be things that are outside of your control that can fuel your mental health struggles. But the thing that you can control is how you react or respond to it. And I think journaling, writing things down, or even just like saying things to yourself in the mirror or when you're laying in bed trying to go to sleep or whatever, saying it, doing it, writing it enough times until you wholeheartedly believe it is to me a pretty powerful and effective way to give yourself that little software update to fix those bugs and glitches within yourself. So I want to read more prompts, um, not necessarily my responses to them, but what the different prompts look like to give you all an idea of the kinds of questions you can ask yourself or you know, just some inspiration for how you want to practice gratitude. So this prompt is a neat one. It reads, what is your present journey and what are your stepping stones? Where are you going and have you stopped to enjoy the journey where you are right now? Here's another one. Write about something you could do today that would make you feel fulfilled. Now go out and try to do it and report back below. Here's another one. Do tomorrow's mysteries cast a shadow on today's present? What about the future is distracting you from enjoying today? What are you happy about in this moment? Fill this page with as much happiness as you can. Another one. Write a letter below to someone you really want to say something to. You don't have to give it to them, but free yourself from carrying it inside. I really like that one. Next one, count your blessings below. There's no limit, write as many as you can. And it's just a numbered list with space for you to just write down the things that you consider to be a blessing. Next one, are there any tools you can use to make your day better? List them below and research some new ones to add to your list such as a mood app, an herbal tea, 
or something you may not have tried yet. That's a really practical one. I feel like you can write some stuff down and then always revisit it later when you're maybe in a rut or you just feel like switching things up. Um, I'll read a couple more, then I think we'll move on to the next book. What do you feel connected to? How does it draw you in and how does it make you feel? Next one. Okay, this one I really like because it is switching up your routine and I think that can be very helpful when pulling yourself out of a rut. Try three new restaurants in the next few days. Write about your experience below and then it just has space for restaurant one, two, and three. And this is not like a time-bound thing. You can do it in the course of a month, several months, a couple of days, a week, whatever makes sense to you. But I do like this one because I feel like it gives you something to look forward to. And also, I feel like coming back and writing about restaurants, that's not something people typically do, right? Like you go out to eat, you don't necessarily come home and then write like, today I went to restaurant X and ordered this and it was so good and this is what the atmosphere was like and etc. But I think being prompted to do so, it gives you a chance to think differently and pay more, closer attention to little details and how the things around you make you feel. And so I think that's a fun one. And then the last prompt I'm going to read, which I'm going to actually implore all of you to do because I think this is a neat one. So this prompt is call, not text, at least three people you haven't spoken to in a while, enjoy a conversation with them, engage with them, and write about it below. I definitely encourage you to maybe like rewind and re-listen to those prompts and maybe write them down so that you have them on hand and whenever you feel the need, you can go back and answer them on your own. Okay, moving on to the next book, which is called The Little Book of Mindfulness, 10 Minutes a Day to Less Stress and More Peace by Dr. Patricia Collard. It has over 30 easy practices to try, five or 10 minutes each, and essentially these are just things you can incorporate in your everyday, once a week, whatever frequency works for you to help you de-stress and find more peace. So I'll read a couple of these exercises. It covers being in the now, accepting and responding to things, making up your mind, simply being, mindful eating, gratitude and compassion, and everyday mindfulness. So moving on to some of the different techniques. So this first one is from the section being in the now, and it's titled look around you and live longer. And this is a five minute exercise. And the instructions are in this exercise, the invitation is to pick as a focus of awareness, a new aspect of life. You may really look at a particular leaf on a tree or a stone, a flower, or a plant. You may want to think about a piece of furniture or decoration you like, wondering how it came into being and how many people were involved in its creation. A recent study shows that mindfulness practices such as this may not only be responsible for structural changes in the brain, but also extend our life. So far, the research has shown psychological and cognitive changes, improvements in perception and well-being, for example, However, it also appears that meditation might actually help delay the process of aging by protecting the caps or telomeres located at the ends of our chromosomes. So if you want to do this exercise, just set a timer for five minutes and just look at your surroundings and pick out something in particular that you find interesting and just think about it. Think about what it means, where it came from how it makes you feel maybe. I think it helps with learning to pay closer attention to things. So I am looking at the tray on my coffee table and it's a black rectangle tray that is kind of inlaid, I guess. It 
it's not very deep. It's maybe like an inch deep, but it's a black wooden rectangle and the bottom of the inside has some cane webbing attached to it. And it is very pretty. It fits my space perfectly. The black and this kind of like tan white oak color. I have that all around my living room and I love this tray. I got it for a reason, but I don't think I ever really looked at it because like, I don't know. I just don't sit there and stare at a tray, but it does make me happy just seeing how pretty it is. And it makes me think about how much time it took to make it from cutting the wood and piecing it together to the intricate weaving of the cane webbing and just how many different people were involved in making it. Were they being fairly compensated? And what were the working conditions? How did this piece come to me? And I do think like this is something that may feel a little bit silly or a little bit mundane, perhaps, but I think it is important to reflect on the material items that we have and how they came to be to help us develop a greater sense of appreciation, respect, and gratitude for the planet in terms of, you know, the materials and stuff that it provides to make the items that we have, but also the people who are creating it because so many of the things that we own were produced in unfair labor conditions. And I, I'm no exception to this. Like I shop at certain places like H&M Home and Target and things like that, that I undoubtedly have questionable and unethical practices, right? But it's also like an affordability thing. And I think that's just a whole separate episode that I actually would love to do is just looking at like capitalism and how we live our lives and you know whether or not it's possible to be anti-capitalist and still live our lives the way that we do so i don't want to get into that now but kind of taking it back to that specific exercise i feel like it is important to just help you gain a greater sense of gratitude and respect for everything around you and also just kind of put things into perspective maybe help build some of those cognitive skills like focusing and again just take your mind off of some of the heavier things so this is a little bit of a longer exercise it's 10 minutes and it's titled be with the breath it reads find a peaceful place you can sit on a chair or on the floor or lean against a wall to support your spine keep warm with a shawl or blanket around you you may wish to light a candle And then there are six bullet points and starting with the first one, focus on the sensations where your body contacts the floor or chair, exploring these sensations, simply feel into your body and let it breathe itself. Step two, bring your attention to your chest and belly, feeling them rise gently on the inhale and fall on the exhale. Step three, be with each breath for its full duration. You may even notice a soft pause after each breath and also that each seems to have a life of its own. Step four, your mind may wander, thinking, daydreaming, planning, or remembering, and lose touch with your breathing, but that's okay. Simply notice what it is that takes you away, then escort your focus back to your belly and the feeling of breathing. Step five, It is just as valuable to become aware that your mind has wandered and bring it back to the breath as it is to remain aware of the breath. After all, only a person being mindful will ever notice the wandering nature of the mind. And step six, at the end of your practice, please blow out the candle. And if you haven't lit a candle, I would say do a deep, large inhale and then an open mouth exhale to just release all of that stale air. They have a little tip here that says, try being with the breath at different times of the day. Certain times may suit you better than others. Okay, next exercise is five minutes and it's called 
Roll Down for Serenity. It reads, in a process of letting go, the roll down stretches the muscles and helps release tension. It increases the mobility of the spine, stretches the back muscles, works the abdominals, and stretches the hamstrings. Stand in mountain pose with your arms by your side. Lengthen your spine, and while breathing deeply, bring the chin to the chest and roll down as if rolling over a big ball. Your hands slowly glide down your thighs and help you control the movement. Go as far as you're comfortable, bend your knees, draw in the abdominals a little, hold for several deep breaths, then slowly return to mountain pose. Exhale to squeeze the sitting bones together, draw the abdominals to the spine, then breathe in and out softly and deeply, straightening your spine as you roll up again, vertebra by vertebra, letting your head dangle, arms touching the legs to support the movement, bring your head up last, rolling the shoulders back and down, stand tall and be in control. And with this and any of the other physical ones, just keep in mind your body's limitations and challenges if you have any and just do what feels right for you physically because you don't want to walk away with any sort of pain or anything like that but sometimes a simple stretch just rolling your spine out bending over maybe doing a little ragdoll pose maybe windmilling your arms whatever Sometimes something as simple as that can really help just shake out any bad energy, any stress, and help you relax physically and mentally. So I hope this episode was valuable and I hope that you are able to take away whatever you need to take away from it. I know for me, reminding myself of all of the different tools and techniques and things that I have at my disposal to help pull myself out of a rut, help give myself that little boost in serotonin and energy and give myself a software update. It's really helpful because I think when I'm in a bad space mentally, it's sometimes hard to get out of that because it feels like, not impossible, but I often find myself thinking, well, what do I do? What's going to help me change this, I guess? And so just reminding myself of all of these different tools and techniques has been really helpful. And I hope it's helpful for all of you as well when it comes to the book of mindfulness and the book on gratitude. I hope you're able to listen to those prompts, maybe write them down and revisit them later whenever you need to, to just make yourself feel better. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed making it. And yeah, I look forward to hearing from you all. And let me know if you try any of these techniques. If you answer any of these prompts, I'll put a question in the Spotify episode for you to respond to while you're listening to the episode or after you listen to the episode. And I'll also be posting over on Instagram at Mondays with my, so go give me a follow there so that you can engage with the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking the show, sharing it with people. I really appreciate it and stay well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Mondays with Mai. I truly hope you got what you needed from this episode and that you'll be coming back for more. Before you go, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and check out the show notes for any resources or info. Keep taking care of you and talk to you soon.